Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. It is the Buffalo Bills. Um, maybe one of the most, I don't know what the right word is, but one of the Maligned. most divergent. Uh, yeah, okay, Malign, sure. One of the most... Um, I mean, for a team that didn't change much from one year ago to today, I know. My, 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 how perceptions changed. Uh, they were the darlings of the 2022 preseason. They were the hot, hot, hot pick to win the Super Bowl. Um, they were at times well the shortest team to win the AFC. Josh Allen was your MVP favorite. And uh, it seemed like this was a team that was finally going to get over the hump and uh, present a true, meaningful challenge to the Pat Mahomes-Andy Reid dynasty. Uh, You will, of course, remember that the Bills only ended up winning one playoff game, still stuck in trying to get past the divisional round. And, oh, by the way, Pat Mahomes won ring number two. So I think... The perception around this team was that 2022 was a failure. I think that everyone would kind of measure against expectation and say they did not meet that uh, expectation. And I think that has kind of led to a little bit of a, uh, a souring of people who believed in the bills to the t- tune of if the betting markets weren't well-informed liquid predictor you know predictions markets then you would see some value on the bills but uh there's a big divergence between the way that this team is talked about and perceived versus what the market ultimately thinks about them is that a fair way to to frame this this campaign yeah i I think the biggest you know and i hate to use the word narrative because narrative you know the way we use it in our space and in this sort of industry uh, is more of a, you know, you're saying it's a fairy tale. You're saying it's Fugazi. I keep using Fugazi all season. <laughs> I think you're saying, you know, you're. It's something you're saying that doesn't actually hold any merit in the real world. But I'm going to use it anyway. The narratives are: he lost his play caller and he regressed a little, and people are even pushing the, well, his turnovers went way up and Daniel Jones's went way down. Like we have double signal there. You know, and the, the other, you know, obviously the, the other narrative is the the uh, the defense regressed quite a bit. And a lot of that was on, you know, the D.C. And he's, you know, he caught a lot of heat and he said, you know, is, 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 was this team as good as we thought they were a couple of years ago? Was it really a great team? Was, you know, was what they were doing is, uh, you know, have they caught up? Did they miss their window? You know, how fast can is a window, window close? closed? Yes. How, how fast can a window close? And the answer is, you know, if I was doing like a real dramatic uh, video, oh man, we need like music over this. Like the 2022 Buffalo Bills. How fast can a window close? 13 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I had to break that game up, but like that I'm was the best. That was the best. Team. And and the, the sick part about all the things that we're dogging on this team for, they were 13 and three 
And those those three and yes, there were you can always take this the opposite direction of where I'm going and saying there were a lot of close games they won that they could have lost, but all of those games they lost, they should have won. Like the Minnesota game, that's a 99 percenter for sure. The yeah. you know, the Miami game, we already went over that. They gained 250 more yards than them, doubled them up. And then the you know, the Jets game was the Jets played well on defense. I don't want to take any of the three. That was the most earned win, I believe, because the Jets did play well on defense. But you know that there were some turnovers there, and all they had to do was play a little cleaner football, and they beat a Jets team that's not as good as them. This is a this is a team that's you know probably, and it's weird saying thirteen and three because I know what happened, but it keeps kicking my head like. Andy, were you looking at the records from a different season? What are we doing here? But yeah, yeah, they did have one fewer game than everyone because of the yeah. Mar Hamlet situation. So you're gonna have to bear with me because I didn't do my research on this particular point before bringing it up. But the Chiefs were the beneficiaries of the one seed and the bye with a yeah. record of fourteen and three. The Buffalo Bills, if they play that game to completion and beat the Bengals, which you know you can you can postulate all you want, win or loss, who cares? But in the fifty whatever percent chance that they had in the live win probability at that in that game, if that coin flip lands heads, Bills win. They get the one seed. They're not playing in round one. Their guys get a week to get right. They're not you know they're not in a hard fought contest against a divisional foe in round one followed by then having to beat Cincinnati and then having to beat Kansas city. Like if, if we are in the other universe where the Hamlin thing doesn't happen and the bills win that coin flip, is the story different? Yeah. I mean the win, the win probability difference now from the one seed where I almost want them to finally just get to eight teams in the playoffs to get rid of that because it really it's huge. Really, it's, it's huge. It's, it, it's so penal for a hey, you're the f- third best team in the NFL. Or Christ, you know, in a lot of cases, and I don't want to take away from Philadelphia because they what they did was amazing, but the two seed in the AFC yeah. in a lot of situations is probably the second best team in the NFL, and they are they're penalized so heavily. Yeah. By not getting that by, not getting the week off, yeah. not having to play, getting all the home games. So I do hope they go to eight soon. I know we're going to get an 18th game anyway, so why not just fucking pull the bandit off, do it all. But that was massive, and Birdie brings up the other big point that I hadn't gotten to quite yet. But the Von Miller injury was kind of big. It changed. Sure. It, it did change how that, that front played a lot, and – it really did make them a lot beatable in a lot of different ways, and well, that's why they, they they were they were in a lot of close games after that. That was the They've, that was the sec that was the second most impactful injury. The first was I think Josh Allen's elbow, which yeah. very very much changed the way Josh Allen played football uh, in terms of what they asked him to do, what he was able to do. But yeah, certainly Von, Von Miller and the pass rush not being real mattered uh, mattered a ton in the game against the Bengals that ultimately ended their season. Um, they had no pass rush in that game uh, that I can recall. Um, no. Bengals offensive it's, line just pushed them backwards for four quarters. The, the um, known strength 
the Bengals offensive line. Yeah, right. The Josh Allen thing is important too because when a quarterback is injured but doesn't miss time, yeah. But you it is one of those things that's just out of sight, out of mind. We did the same thing with Rodgers. Like, hey, you you have a broken thumb. How are you gripping a football? Weird, your accuracy went way down. Like uh, that's an you know, that's important. Same thing with that the elbow. Like yeah. that definitely like, oh, he threw a lot more interceptions. He had a lot more turnovers. He was injured for a, a good spell there, and that matters. And you know, it, it, we take that to just kind of forget about some of these things sometimes yeah. when we're looking back at the season, like, oh, he regressed. It was Dable. <laughs> it was Dable. Uh, it was a partially torn UCL. <laughs> yeah, it was. That he missed zero like, yeah, time tennis for. elbow. Yeah, he missed zero, zero time for. I remember thinking there's no way he plays in this next game. I cannot remember which game it was. I'm going to look it up. Him and, him and Herbert had the same thing. We said that we a hundred percent said this on the podcast. We said, we don't think he plays, but Herbert played <laughs> like whatever <laughs> yeah, it was. Right. Like, so yeah, maybe uh, yeah. he just plays top tier quarterbacks call their own numbers. Now that's just the way the NFL is. Um, there's, there's no reason to have a, a you know, there's no reason to have a, a medical group. Um, okay, so the to put a bow on the Hamlin thing, uh, the Bills' path to a to get to the Super Bowl last year with the two seed was Miami. Miami, granted, with the backup quarterback, I know Miami, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and then you would have drawn Philly, like. Just an absolute gauntlet, and if you run that gauntlet, that's like the Jets' schedule. Yeah, if you run that gauntlet, that's awesome, though. Like, yeah, that yeah. you 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 know you really have you've 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 taken Give the crown, you deserve it. Yeah. yeah. Um. The the uh the Chiefs, on the other hand, got Jacksonville at home, Cincinnati. Who was? Coming off the mother of all, yes. Just happy to be in the happy second round. Here. Just spots. happy to be here. Yes, yeah. So the Chiefs got two buys, and the Bills were facing a gauntlet. And I think that gets completely lost as people reflect on last season, and they're like, "Well, no, Chiefs dynasty. Bengals might be the second best team in the AFC. Burrow's the second best quarterback in the AFC. Like all this is all trickling down from what was really like kind of a no win situation. I think they were faced with all kind of because they didn't get the one seed." Um, and that doesn't help you for 2023 at all because, oh, by the way, your division is now much more, much stronger. So it's getting stronger by the year. You're not, you don't, you're not uh, afforded the same, you know, kind of path to a home playoff game that the other AFC powerhouses are. Um, and, you know, so I, I think that it is a bit of an overstatement to really, you know, kind of hold the bills as a failure for last year and to, you know, to really, you know, underestimate their potential chances this year, which is why the market's not underestimating those chances this no. year. Market says Pat Mahomes is a 13% chance to win, or 16% chance to win the MVP. Josh Allen is a 13% chance to win the MVP. That sounds right to me. Uh, market and, and says, sh- yeah. Showtime has a quick correction. Yeah. I'd forgotten that the if the Bills would have made it that far, it would have been, what, Atlanta? They would have done the neutral site AFC game, remember? Oh, if Which they had still, made it to you, yeah, where? Yeah. If they had made if, it to the to the yeah, it, if it was Buff, if it was Buffalo, Kansas City, it would have been neutral site. 
No, no, I thought that was wasn't that a thing. That, that was that was if Jacksonville beat KC and then Buffalo and Cincinnati were playing each other in the AFC Championship game, then that would have been the neutral site. As that's really? back in my head, that's what I remember because I think I'm pretty sure that they that KC had the one seed. No, no bones. I, th- but I, I thought I, that I was remember. what they took away from them because they got the one seed by default. Well, then Although, why didn't Cincinnati? Why did Cincinnati have to go to Kansas City then? I think Cincinnati was a beneficiary of the whole situation hmm. where Buffalo was kind of the team that got bones. So they said, Buffalo doesn't have to play an AFC title game on the road. If they play a higher seed, it'll be, it'll be on a neutral site. This is it, it, none of this matters, but that oh, was whatever. a weird situation. Yeah. That was a weird situation. My, my point was more about strength. Of, my, yeah, my point well, was you, more about strength. You still have yeah. to play Kansas city. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know if I want to play Kansas city on turf. Yeah, no, I, that's that's completely fair. Um, okay, so the start to their season was impressive. They uh, rack up six and one, uh, with the one loss being the one we mm-hmm. talked about on Monday. The completely inexplicable, um, you know, outperform but lose against Miami, uh, and uh, they were pretty good against the spread. Uh, I have a start of four, one and one before they lost three in a row. Um, I think that Josh Allen injury to his elbow came against the jets uh, in the three point loss uh, to the jets. Um, And then I expected him to miss some time. And honestly, with your opponents next three opponents being home, Minnesota home, Cleveland at Detroit, I kind of find it inexcusable that they put Allen out there instead of letting him get to be a hundred percent. Like you banked wins, you were in good position. You weren't obviously in control uh, of of the uh, one seed at that point, but you had beaten Kansas City head to head. You had beaten Baltimore head to head, and you know you at least had you know your two losses were in division. So you, maybe you felt a little bit of pressure there. But your next three games were out of division, uh, two of them out of conference. Like give your guy a chance to get right. Instead, they push him out there. They lose in absolutely insane fashion to the Vikings, a game that I will still never understand how that happened uh, uh, before, you know, a, a, an ugly win at Cle- uh, versus Cleveland uh, and a really ugly win on Thanksgiving against Detroit. Um, I would say that three-game stretch was Allen's least, you know, worst performances of the season. The narrative switched from him being a ob- obvious bona fide MVP candidate, you know, favorite, uh, to all of a sudden he's making too many, uh, you know, making too many turnover worthy plays. He was actually making turnovers. Like he was all of a sudden, you know, a little bit yeah. of a leaky ship there. He was trying to do too much. His short to intermediate ball was really inaccurate. Uh, and I think, you know, I am f- perfectly fine uh, ascribing all of that to uh, dealing with a partially torn UCL. Yeah, it was the Jets game. It was late. Um, that game ended essentially with the Bills turning the ball over on downs with a pretty ineffective Josh Allen. And like you said, it was a surprise. And he wasn't awful in that game against Minnesota. Minnesota was good at the end. Um, I, you know, I, it wasn't too long ago since I'd watched that uh, uh, that episode of Quarterback. My kid was so excited, like, oh, man, Minnesota's losing. And I just don't have the heart to tell him, like, this isn't live. Like, you know we're watching this on Netflix. Do you have, they just don't understand what live sports are, really. Like, oh, man, it'd be crazy if they won this, right? But, uh, I mean, th- that was just fluky. He 
actually played a lot better than I thought would, you know, considering the injury. But it did, you know, I think it did play a big part in, you know, some of the turnovers we saw down the stretch. And they still won most of their games down the stretch. I mean, that that Viking was the Vikings game the last loss before the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the, the Bengals game was a, a coin toss that didn't happen, but uh, the Lions game was tough fought, but that was on the road. They actually played, remember, two weeks in a row in Ford Field. They had a good right. inning. Cleveland, so Cleveland wasn't a great team, but they were in a really fucked spot where they were picking up players with you know snowmobiles and stuff to get them to the airport so they could fly to Detroit and play the Cleveland game. That's right. And, they, you know, and then they, they played a, a good you know, the defense was struggling and they played a good offense on the road on turf and they got a nice win against Detroit, the Patriots game. That was, I mean, it's just a good matchup. The Jets, for some reason, the Jets and the Dolphins played them tough both times and they got those wins. They beat the shit out of the Bears, which they should have. At that point, the Bears were happy to take it in the chin and, you know, the, the, then it got weird. The, the, well, the, the injury, we'll never really fully understand because we don't know what's inside the heart of a man or obviously between his ears, but th- there's a v- there's no chance that didn't affect everybody on the team of course. In, a lot, in a lot of different ways. And they still put a pretty good effort forth in the playoffs. And like you said, they had a grind. They a, And Birdie points it out. If there was a winner in the Cincinnati Buffalo game, whatever team won that would have gotten the one seed. Yeah, Which we might have. I mean, we might have okay. seen a different Super Bowl contestant. Yeah, the, the 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 double game in Detroit. They had a weird, weird season. Yeah, they were thirteen and three. It was a really okay. good year. And like, like I think your main overarching point is like, why are why are we so hard on this team right now? Well, I think it's just a matter of the way they're talked about and the and just in general people's spirit and feeling about putting their neck out and saying that this team's going to win this year. Um, they're hesitant. Uh, a lot easier just to say Mahomes is going to do it again, even though on paper the Buffalo Bills have a much stronger roster. Um, and I think, yeah, the way it ended is is completely ra- you know rational reason why. Uh, people are hesitant. Um, the loss to Kansas City, or to Cincinnati, excuse me, in the playoffs was aggressively bad game planning, game management. I thought um, certainly, and this is maybe this is revisionist history. I don't mean to be a Bills apologist, and I don't mean to come down especially hard on their coaching staff, but I thought they completely bungled a game plan in that game. It felt like they had game planned to play Cincinnati in a dome and here it was 32 degrees windy with slip slick conditions on the field as you know snow was flying and they were completely unable to manifest a pass rush which happens on a slick field as we very well remember from the Super Bowl we, 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 well we, yeah we saw that twice where twice. it's like there's a pass rush that is not getting it done. They're on ice skates. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're slipping around out there. And the, and their opponents uh, realized, well, if it's slick, let's lean into the run. Let's make this a physical trench warfare instead of what the Bills had planned for, which was they like they thought they were going to air it out. They gave them so much space and separation to that really good wide receiving core underneath. Um, and honestly, Joe Burrow just absolutely picked them apart. Uh, so, in that game, 
you started that thought with they went in with a bad game plan, which I agree I, with you is yeah. is a crime and a sin at the highest level because it's the playoffs and your window is not big. But I think the greater sin is not having the you know having a fallback, having the the ability to adjust. Adjust, sure. Like that's that's the biggest thing you see in this. This is the teams that we love. Um, obviously, the teams we really love have great game plans. Like going in with a great game plan is best case. But if the game plan doesn't work, because it doesn't always work, that's where we see the greats. Like how many stories are there about Belichick where it's like, hey. Uh, the pass wasn't working, so they ran the ball fifty times and beat that team. Or you know the the, yeah. the refs were letting the refs were, you know they weren't calling a certain penalty, very and Bill pushed it to the nth degree until they called it, and they had a huge advantage in that game because the receivers were essentially getting tackled. You know the, the to be able to adjust in game for what's going on. Yeah. It's the great. It's the greatest skill a coaching staff can have. And that was what just drove me nuts. It was like none of this is working. What are we doing? Like this is this yeah. is what we're yeah. gonna because this isn't even a good game now. Yeah. And as soon as there was a deficit, they made you. You made you made you made the key point. They made no adjustments to their offensive game plan. They didn't have a plan B. And that was actually the entire takeaway that you have from that season of Josh Allen and the elbow injury was there was no plan B, none. And I think that that shaped a lot of their offseason based on the moves they made. Um, and I think uh, my kind of final thoughts about the Bills 2022 season um, is they were extremely unlucky when it came to injuries in about every way you could possibly imagine. Bunch of key players missed on defense. We didn't mention, you know, Hyde and Poyer. That's, your, that's both your safety tandem. Uh, one of them missed the whole season. One of them missed most of the season. Uh, Von Miller going down hurts, and you know you built an old you build an old defense. Sometimes you lose important pieces. Like that's kind of the way it goes. You know, Tre'Davious White never came back. Like all you know, there's there was a lot of players missed time. Your second, uh, your second out in your skill position group, and Gabe Davis gets hurt in game week one or two, never emerges. Um, you know, you're basically your offense revolved around if Stefan Diggs can't make a miracle happen here, we're gonna have to go to, to plan B, which is Dawson Knox. Um, no run game to speak of. Offensive line was tested pretty regularly because everybody was expecting to pass consistently. And you know, it was it was predictable. There was no tendency breakers, there was no adjustments. And uh, you know, I think it's fair to hold that against these guys in terms of ultimately re- realizing their potential this year. If you're going to yeah. find, if you're going to have a reason that should be it. And I did want to just point to one comment quick because it needs a little shine. Michael says he still can't get over that Justin Jefferson catch. So, <laughs> I just, just rewatched that. Like the, the low probability things that happened to this team to give them several losses is amazing. And, for my money, and you can argue with me all you want, I'm not going to budge on this. For my money, that catch was better than the OBJ one-hander. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that was an interception that he took away with one hand. And considering the point in the game it when it happened. It was fourth and 18, same, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was fourth and forever. And they, yeah. they needed to keep it good. Like, uh, that was a gasp. That was like a full <laughs> gasp for me. It was, it was really something, so. Yeah, the, the Bills, the Bills kind of took it 
took it in the shorts in some weird ways. And like you said, you drive an old car, you're going to have car problems. That's what happens <laughs> when you have an old defense. So, um, that that sort of thing happens. And, you know, the coaching staff is not completely absolved of their sins. Uh, that'll be the biggest thing. You know, there's always these things. What are we looking for this year? Yeah. And obviously we're, we're looking for Josh Allen to be healthy. And if he's, if that elbow is healthy and we just see the turnovers go way down, then we can say later in the season, that was the reason we can be in on him as a top, you know, two, three quarterback right off the bat again. Like he's back. He's elevated himself to MVP levels because of the addition of what he can do in the run game. And, you know, my other big thing, obviously, is like, does this coaching staff learn its lessons from what happened last year? Hmm. So that's, you know, that's the big thing. So uh, off-season changes. Well, actually, one thing real quick on 2022. I didn't realize this. Did you know they were an under team last year? And some of they just had some high totals. Their totals were screaming high. Uh, And a few of the division games, like the, the first uh, the first Miami game, you know, that only got to 40 with like 800 yards. Um, the the Chiefs game was 24-20. That certainly wasn't a 44-point total. Yeah. Uh, they they played some uh, – the, the both Jets games where neither of them got to – Yeah. No, those were they were, they were 0 and 5 0 and 5 against – they were pretty much a, a neutral bet, but they were 0-5 against the Jets and Dolphins. Could not cover the spread against those teams. They went uh, seven to the over, eleven to the under over the balance of the season. Um, every game that was over fifty went under. So there was a weird mixed signal where you were expecting a big time shootout scoring, and honestly, they I think they won all those. Oh, they only lost, they lost the Miami game, but they they did their part in almost all of those games. 31, 31, 28. There's- was the total they, in the Bears game? Their defense, forty-eight, uh, did the job. Yeah, Bears total game that total was forty. <laughs> yeah, they, they had scored 30, 30 35. thirty-five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so so basically, is a matter of like the you know every time they went up against a, a decent offense, their defense performed um, and kept them in a lot of regular season games, which is pretty wild. Um, so yeah, I for, I missed it entirely that they were an under team last year. I don't remember playing many of their totals. So off season moves were pretty focused. I thought um, they let some of the age and some of the you know kind of guys that are expensive at non premium positions walk out the door. Devin Singletary replaceable at running back walk out the door. Tremaine Edmonds replaceable at linebacker walk out the door. Um, you got. Uh, uh, you know, a bunch of guys that didn't really contribute in Crowder and Bobby Hart and, jo- and you know, J- uh, Jaquan Johnson, Isaiah McKenzie. Like, none of those guys really uh, moved the needle at all, and they're all gone. Uh, Roger Saffold was the only guy that I had as a meaningful, you know, kind of above replacement player who is out. I think he's retired, right? He, I think he retired because uh, he is out of the league, and he, was, he still had a little left in the tank, but he is gone. Uh, so that's kind of the only important thing you had to replace. Uh, I believe, did they specifically go get Shell to replace him, Brandon Shell? Um, not, no, that's a downgrade. Um, but the rest of the guys they brought in, oh, I guess they got Con- Connor McGovern, excuse me, Connor McGovern yeah. from Dallas. He's good uh, as their guard. And Brandon Shell is now your swing tackle or, you know, about your, your, you know, depth, depth piece uh, in the, uh, uh, in the offensive line room. So. And we went over a lot of other stuff, and especially we've we've dug deep on this 
coaching staff, but I guess this goes a little deeper because this goes into the front office too. I don't fully understand what they want to do with the run game. If it's just like, yeah, we're happy enough with what we get with Josh Allen and anything else is dicing because like you drafted a run. It wasn't high, super high, but you drafted cook and then like, Oh, but yeah, we're not going to feature him. <laughs> like, we're gonna, we're, and then you like go and yeah, I mean he, not something I thought I'd utter a lot this preseason, but he suffered a freak jet ski accident. You go like get Naeem Hines, and then it was another one too. It's like, well, you're just not gonna use him. <laughs> it, it, it 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 doesn't make sense what they're deciding to do. It's like, oh, we like this running back. We're gonna go get this running back, and then yeah, we don't really want to like, we don't want to take him out of the case like that. It loses its value then. It's just it's it's a weird run scheme. It's kind of a weird offense, and I, I get it. It's hard to knock a team because it's been such a successful offense. But I would have liked to seen what they were going to do with Hines this year, and then he. That's the other thing. If like if I had three wishes, it'd be you know all the money in the world, all the, you know, the greatest sports uh, almanac, and then getting to actually see like a three D rendering of what happened there. Because my mind can't stop thinking about that. And it's one of those where I get, you know, where you get like the cold shivers because you're like, oh, fuck. I imagine he was like, you know, straddling a jet ski and then another one hits him like in the leg. Can you imagine that? I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's all I can think about. And then I get the cold shivers. But uh, I I hope he's, you know, obviously I hope he heals up good because that sounds like a fucking terrible way to ruin. It's probably a fun day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're down a running back. I, I don't think that's obviously it's a loss, but what they do with running back, maybe, uh, maybe I'm not so sure. Yeah. It's Watercraft injuries are scary. Um, all right. The uh, the additions they made, none of these guys super moved the needle for me. Although they're all good players, you added depth. Yeah, you, uh, you got good, you know, some good players to contribute on the second, you know, for your reserves here. Um, the big name was Leonard Floyd. Um, I like him. I think that's a, a really nice piece to help your uh, pass rush rotationally. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the pieces you retained is maybe more of, of, of interest. Um, you know, the off season didn't get off to a great start from a minicamp standpoint as uh, Stefan Diggs was uh, notably uh, unhappy uh, to start minicamp and the coaching staff kind of, you know, they, did said some weird stuff about it ultimately walking back a lot of comments i don't really think he's a super happy None camper there sense. um yeah, less frazier less frazier elected to take time off or do you think he was asked to take time off i think that was one of those mutual decisions like hey les do you want to get fired or do you want to step away yeah so That's i guess the question is does the losing at the end of the season and the t- sour taste in everybody's mouth does, does that pervade the locker room itself? I think it's a good. They've always had a good culture there, you know. And it, if if the you know if the Diggs Allen stuff is is overblown and they're they're boys, then I'm not too worried about it. They've been through tougher things. They had a player die, you know. Like I think they, you know, it, we all say like, how did that affect them mentally? It, 
there's there's definitely a galvanizing effect to the way the city and the NFL and just football in general kind of rallied around them about that. You know, like they've been through some shit. They had a hell of a year, so it's it, it, basically it's if not, they win, it's, 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 it's a winning. Yeah, start. It, winning winning cures everything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, on paper, this team is elite. Um, I have them as the second best starting unit in totality. Um, I have them with the second best reserves also, which means this year, if injury bug bites them again, uh, the guys who will be coming in, uh, won't represent a huge step down outside of the quarterback position. That's the only reserve group. That's really a, a question mark. Um, like the, you mentioned too, I, I really like what they've put together over the last two seasons now, as far as a pass rush slash just front seven rotation. Like they, if they stay healthy, they're going to be a pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, offense. I have rated fourth in terms of personnel. Defense, I have rated second in terms of personnel. I'm perfectly prepared to admit that I am high on the defense. Like, if they don't finish in the top five, I'm not going to be surprised because I think, uh, you know, there's still a lot of scheme things that they do that I don't entirely think are perfect for today's NFL. Um, the offensive line I have is a top seven unit. Interior offensive line, though, I have a, I see a couple weaknesses. Skill position group is only borderline top ten. I give you the second best quarterback in the NFL. I have you. I have you as the best front seven overall. Top three in terms of off-ball linebackers. Top two in terms of pass rush. Your defensive backfield is where I ding you on defense. Um, and I see upside here because if Tre'Davious White. Uh, is the guy we remember from a million years ago. We're going to be talking about him in the same conversation as Patrick Sertan and, and uh, um, Sauce Gardner. Like He's potentially a lockdown corner if he is healthy. And Kair Elam um, showed enough flashes last year that I think he's fine. And Nickelbacks and your, you know, your specialty packages have some talented players. Um, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are on the decline. That's yeah. unmistakable. Which still means, good though yeah still good but if you have a weakness it's your safeties um was that all a fair kind of reading and you know is 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 there anything that i just rattled off that didn't pass the smell test in terms of the strength of this roster no i can that all kind of checks out and you know if, if you want to have a, a weakness and defense i guess i'll take safety you know, if you had to pick, maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe middle linebacker, but safety. Uh, Matt Milano begs to differ, Andy. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm saying yeah. if if you had to say you have one weakness on defense. like The, middle linebacker, defense. the middle linebacker position specifically, uh, Terrell Bernard. Terrell Bernard? Terrell? No idea who that is. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> He's, that's the guy you're backfilling for Tremaine Edmonds, I guess, yeah? Yeah, I just I, I'm just saying I'm not terribly worried about safety with the upside we have at corner and the pass rush they're putting together. So 
Yeah, if Terrell that, Bernard, that's if, Terrell, if Terrell Bernard, don't worry, if Terrell Bernard doesn't work out, we got Dotson. Uh, Dotson, we got Tyrell Dotson. Dotson is here. Uh, See, so. no, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, yeah. Off offseason grades are hard. There wasn't, uh, like we said, you don't see a lot of change at the top. Like that's ideal. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you run it back. You backfill. Yeah. You build. You build depth. This pass rush is freaking nasty, man. Yeah, they, they did add. Names, they man. added to that. That's what I'm saying. They added to that. Greg Ru Rousseau, Rousseau has a ton of upside. Ton of upside. Good young player. Daquan Jones, super solid. Ed Oliver, super solid. Von Miller, elite upside. Leonard Floyd, maybe one of the best kind of backup pieces that exists on any roster. Um, my goodness gracious, that the, that five those five men right there, four of them are healthy for you. You're cooking with gas in the pass rush department. You're putting away leads. Um, you, you have know. a you have a lockdown corner. To go I didn't even mention guys. Shaq Lawson is is depth for you. Puna Ford is depth for you. AJ Epenessa. Espenessa. These guys are depth for you. Jordan Phillips is depth for you. Like this is this. These are all guys that could very easily start in the NFL and they're your depth, which I think if, if they're aggressive defensively, if they're wave after wave of pass rush kind of mentality, if this, if Sean McDermott comes in with a mindset that is not, uh, you know, if plan A doesn't work, we're screwed. Then this defense is going to be freaking elite and these guys are going to yeah. win games. And it's going to be pretty good. I give them, I give them an, I give and, them an A, a for the off and, season. And like you said, if you are trying to defend a team, who's coming back from a multi-score lead with that pass rush that you can throw wave after wave. You have a good shutdown corner. You have enough pieces to take care of the coverage. You're going to be tough to beat. And yeah. I think, you know, 12, 13 wins is definitely in the card again. Let's, yeah. uh, I'm skipping off season grade. They get a, they get a B plus for signing Floyd because they didn't, not a lot changed. Okay. You sign Floyd and you know, let people jump their tables. You're you're good here. B plus. Okay. Onto the schedule. A lot of blue on the uh, the lines here. Um, you start out with a, as a small favorite on the road on Monday Night Football against the uh, the Jets, who we just talked about. Um, that's been an interesting market. You seen that bounce back and forth uh, between three and Pickham, and it's probably going to land somewhere in the middle. Um, I don't know. Count me in on Bills on Monday Night Football, I think. Um, count me in on under, too. You see that total is sitting at like 47. Um, the, Somebody uh, brought that up. Yeah, I think the pass rush is going to be able to distinguish you in that game and ruin Aaron Rodgers' home, home debut. Um, not a lot of games on this schedule where I'm like, boy, that looks like a scheduled loss. Um, you have a very tricky contest at Philly before your buy, and then come out of your buy and you get Casey. I mean, if you let the Buffalo Bills write their own schedule, where would you put Kansas at Kansas City, Andy? Yeah, I mean, that's a <laughs> that's a good point. Like, if you had to play them, like, well, does it have to? Yeah, it has to be in the road. Well, fuck, at least give me a buy then. Yeah, and. That is that is offset by losing a home game versus the Jaguars. <laughs> uh, now the Jaguars aren't the world's most scary opponent, surely, but uh, having a home a... game turn into a negative travel spot 
pretty fucked up, <laughs> I have to say. Um, yeah. You get to go to London instead of having a home game, and they have already been there for a week. is wild, wild, wild. Um, the yeah, the there is a this is it. There is some soft, soft spots in the schedule, and I can entirely see getting to um, that head-to-head against Cincinnati at the beginning of November and entirely possible. This team is undefeated. I think modal outcome is probably two losses. Then there's kind of a concentration around one or two here. Um, I mean the, the, the games where you're a small fave at the jets and at new England, I I'll lay, I'll lay the points with the bills in both those spots and not really lose sleep over it. Like those, those good matchups for this team. Yeah, what what did we just shit on the Jets about? Their offensive line sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, we're gonna throw seven good pass rushers at that offensive line. Your quarterback is, you know, ARP eligible. Like this, that could go poorly. Yeah. No, I, I obviously, like you said, those small favorites. Those are good matchups. And yeah, yeah there, there's a decent chance they rattle off a ton of wins to start the season. And it is, it is a very tough stretch in the middle. You know, Cincinnati, yeah. Philly, Kansas City on either side of the by Dallas Chargers, yep. like and then you know, you're closing. Everybody closes with the division game. You had to pick one division game uh of the six that is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know, yeah, at Miami. Like that's yeah. the one I don't want to close with. So it's uh it's a little oppo of the Jets for yeah. the second half of the season is where the challenges come. Um that said, it's a good enough team to beat Philly at Philly. It's a good yeah. enough team to run with KC. It's good enough to that. That's the other part. Like KC, Philly, and Cincy. If you pick, the, you know, the four best those teams. The, yeah, those, yeah, you're playing the three those, toughest teams in the NFL on the road. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, the, between that and the you know the the London thing, as we'll call it, the London debacle. They really didn't get a lot of favors in the schedule, and at the same time, you know, there's. 11, 12 wins happens to drop a lot of times with the schedule anyway. Yeah. Is there like a, 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 a student? Is there a funny, the London screw? Uh, there's, yeah, some, the thing. there's some, there's a funny name we can come up with for that. We the have London. Yeah. October, I thought of the, the London break. eye, a play on yeah. words of the London eye, the London bridge. Um, yeah. The, we'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. The tower of London. There's something there. We'll figure it out by We have until October 8th. Um, all right. It's, it's a, it's a good, you know, this is a, this is a, as favorable, I think, as you can ask for, um, despite being a really difficult, a first place schedule. And, um, you know, you run the risk, I think, of circling some games like Cincinnati, like Casey, like Philly, that, you know, maybe you put a little bit too much on tape trying to get those wins. But the benefit of doing that is that, you know, if you can secure the one seed, then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden Kansas City's got the gauntlet this year and you get to kick back and play the Jags and the and the Bengals. You just shovel snow that week instead of playing. Yeah. So have some, have some hot wings. But yeah, tough, tough schedule. Yeah. Uh pull if you want to pull up the odds, producer Dan. They are one of the favorites, nine yes. to one to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, four and a half to win the AFC plus one thirty. It's a pretty good number. There's places down to one twenty five. 
Yeah, over. I like two in the AFC East, and then minus two forty five plus one ninety four for playoffs. Win totals ten and a half. Excuse me, ten and a half. Juice to the over, which is where it should be. Yeah, I think all of these numbers are pretty fair. Crispy, but I also can tell you that. Of every team we've talked about who has a realistic chance to win the Super Bowl to this point in our podcast series, this is the team that is the most likely to shorten based on sequence of schedule. And I think the it's not going to take much in terms of overperforming expectation in the first quarter of the season for the bandwagon jumpers to fully populate the Bills bandwagon. Do you have the same sentiment that the market is going to be aggressive in in upgrading? Because these are already short prices. Like Bills are your third choice right now after uh, um, after the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, better odds to win the Super Bowl right now than the Bengals. Better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Niners. Um, that's right. But I think this gets short. I think they go. I think they shorten even more aggressively if people get a taste of, you know, any type of their ceiling early in the season. Now that said, um, I would so, rather yeah, we, we see the best of the Bills at the end of the season, not the beginning. When when a team performs well, but they weren't expected to, and they haven't done it before, it takes a while for the market and the sentiment to warm up to them. When a team performs well, and you know, even if it's not, you know, let's say that team, the first example performed like thirty percent better than implied, it doesn't take that thirty percent better because thirty percent better is too much for the Bills. They just don't have that much room. It doesn't take a, a really high end performance for the market to warm up really quick, like you say. That's where I'm, I'm fully agreeing with you on that. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a team that almost made the Super Bowl. This is a team that can beat everybody. Like, oh, shit. Remember Josh Allen was just a hiccup last year. Like, he's great. Like, there's, yeah, there's a there's a very likely spot where we're seven, eight weeks in where Josh Allen's the MVP favorite and the Bills have the shortest odds to win the AFC in the Super Bowl because they were able to take care of, you know, the two or three coin flips along with the other games that they should have won and they're sitting at like eight and one, nine and oh, something, you know, something like that. And yeah, yeah that it just it's not going to take very much to to swing the market their way, like you're saying. Yeah. Uh and honestly, the schedule and the sequencing, I think this is your last undefeated team. Yeah, and obviously they're one of the favorites, but so and a couple of people have already talked about AFC East price. Yeah, like I, it's gonna be I, short, said, I said value, you know, uh, right off the beginning of the jet spot. I said the Miami numbers probably wrong, but there's yeah, it's that's a minus number five weeks in. Like, you're gonna get you want to just make five bets, cash three out. You have a cash out boat, just take some free money and stuff. Eleven to one last undefeated Charles Stahl. Appreciate you chiming in with some odds there. That's not a bad look for a, a fun bet. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of spots where they're seven, eight, no, pretty so 
I haven't bet I haven't bet any of this yet, even though we're making this very impassioned case that these numbers are going to shorten. So I probably ought to talk through this and you tell me if this is stupid. Okay. Oh, don't worry. Um I am worried about how this team survives the gauntlet if they don't get the one seed. I think that these numbers in reality are realizable only in that world. I don't love the idea of the Bills putting their best stuff on paper against all these teams in the regular season and then being able to replicate it or exceed that in the playoffs. I still have questions about the play calling. I still have questions about the coach in terms of game script, game planning, in-game decision-making. Sean McDermott has never answered the questions that I would like to see him answer about making the right decisions in-game, about going for it. Think about what the Eagles did last year in their Super Bowl run with Jalen Hurts converting every fourth and one with, you know, with, the, the, with the scrum play. You have Josh Allen. He's even bigger. He's even more effective at doing that sort of thing. Like you realistically should be a bigger sample of doing it. And you should be the you should be the most aggressive team on fourth down in the NFL by far because you have the highest likelihood of converting it by far. I I push back on that. Oh, you think Philly's better? You think uh, Casey's I mean, better? I don't think Philly's maybe maybe Philly's better, but there's not a huge gap. Like Philly okay. has. Okay. Philly has such a fucking. It's like They're the annoying play bad, that. Yeah. Well, it's like the an annoying play on Madden that that's like broken and just always works. So like, no, I mean, but but what you said isn't wrong. Like they have such a good fourth down play as well. Like yeah, you should be uber aggressive. Yeah. You should be the coach who's thinking ahead. Like hey, I can run plays right yeah. at or short of the sticks on third down because I'm going for it. Yeah, I also so I'm in the back of my head. I'm worried about the coach and the decision making and the going gets tough. In the back of my head, I'm worried about the game planning because even though your skill position group is top ten, it's really only one guy. And you, you know, I'm. I think last undefeated team, all of these prices shortening, losing all that value. I, I'm prepared to be in the playoffs against them. Even if they have the beneficiary, if they're, if they're beneficiaries of injury luck, if they have the one seed, if their path is the easiest, I'm okay being against the Bills, I think. So I've come full circle from the beginning of the pod where we were like, why does everybody hate these guys and no one wants to plant their flag and why is sentiment a little sour? I think it's fair not to waste capital on bills outrights my nuts if i were if if i was gonna bet it right now it would just be division stuff and division then like stuff, you said yeah. and like, like you said uh, last undefeated team is my favorite bet for them especially especially if you pair it with what's the number we're gonna get on the jets you know five six eight weeks in and you know and then just kind of monitor and actively manage for miami yeah man they don't play miami until oh they play miami week four it's in buffalo That'll be a big. That'll be a big one. That'll swing that. Swing. That'll swing that division big time. So betting that game is the same as betting division now. I think. Yeah, I'll probably just bet division anyway, especially yeah. if I find a good price. I'm gonna hunt around on that. I think I might be doing that, but. Okay. Yeah, and they Sam points out exactly what you said earlier. 
kind of phrased it a little differently, and I understand what yeah. he's getting at. It's like, yeah, that the smart teams and the smart coaches, the uh, the Spags and the Anarumos of the world, yeah, they they know what's coming. You have to be better. The two one dimensional. Yeah, you have to be better as a coach. Yeah, they need to show tendency breakers, growth, multiplicity. When the going gets tough, different ways to win. Um, I don't think you're going to front run. You're not going to front run your way to a Super Bowl in this very, very, very competitive AFC. I don't think. That's kind of my my closing thought on the Bills. Even though I freaking love this roster, love Josh Allen. I think it's a narrow range of outcomes, by the way. It's teams in the playoffs. And I'm kind of, I, I wouldn't hate if they ultimately stumble early. They're losing to teams. We were like, wow, wow, maybe the stink is on these guys. Well, you know, if, they, if they're playing their best football down the stretch instead of at the beginning of the season, then their chances are going to be better. This is going to be an easy team to convince me to buy into them. If they're not playing well, especially um, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting them as a, and again, yeah. I understand it's a good team and it's on the road, but yeah. I'm getting them as a underdog. This yeah. is one of the best rosters yeah. on the planet. Getting them as an underdog against Philly because it's yeah. a road game. It's yeah. An inexperienced team. Dude, you know what I would love, Andy? I would love to be able to bet Bills week by week in the playoffs as the spoilers. Like that would be awesome, right? The pull, the full on Ons Jabour revenge tour. Where she oh, beats a dog and she wins three in a row, and then the Bills are favored in the gets, Super Bowl. Get, and gets, get, gets, gets to the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> gets, <laughs> yeah, gets, gets, gets to yeah. the Super Bowl, and loses to like the Saints. Yeah, yeah, somebody terrible. Yeah, um, somebody completely unexpected makes this the yeah, yeah. Oh my god, we we just we just lost to Carolina in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's I think a, that's niche. It's very niche, niche. Yes, but uh, I will tell you, I if the Bills are you know dogish road spoiler that's a fun playoff run i'll be for sure riding um and uh but the opposite if they are front running and they are not showing multiplicity if they're not showing different ways to win specifically on offense then i think this is a team i don't mind being against in the playoffs i'm with you okay All right, as I said at the end of the Jets show, and maybe you listen to this separately as a podcast, if you have anything that you think we missed or any points you want to bring up, any questions yeah. you want to answer, well, I, put you know, them in I, the YouTube comments, I, put them, in the, put them yeah. on the Twitter, put them well, in the Discord. I, I, have, a, I have a huge... There's so much more to talk about. I have two huge questions for you. Two talking points we didn't get to. Who's Barbie? Who's Oppenheimer on this team? Obviously, um, no. The uh, the first is Sean McDermott more likely to be fired after the season or in the coach of the year race. Just fired. those two choices. Fired. Fired. Yeah. Coach yeah. of the year. It's it's hard to reach for him because of the success they've had Too already. Uh, yeah. And easy cross off in the coach of the year market. Um, most likely award Josh Allen MVP. Uh, how many interceptions is too many to ultimately win that award? Because I feel like ten. that's kind of the only number that matters, right? Ten. 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 So if he has double-digit picks, he's out of the running. Ah, maybe. I mean, it depends. Like, it's one of those, like, if it's a 50-10 season, the 10 doesn't look so bad. If it's 32-10, <laughs> it 
a little different. 10, 10 or 12 feels like it's a little too much. Yeah, Josh, I remember I had some Josh Allen MVP last year, preseason, and he threw, the, you know, they beat the shit out of the Rams in the opener in LA, and his price shortened, but he threw two picks. And I remember being like, oh, boy, like, yeah, we got to keep an eye on that particular number. Um, he finished with how many last year in total? Uh, 13? 13 it, sounds right. 13 sounds right. Um, I'm not looking it up. I hope you are. I am looking it up. Uh, he only, he only and again, he only had 16 games. Uh, he had 14 picks last year, 15 the year before, 10 the year before. So he's prone to throwing the picks. Cut it, and I cut it out, Josh. I think that's going to get counted against him, even if otherwise his EPA per play is in you know in the rare air with the Pat Mahomeses and the uh, uh, the Joe Burrows of the world. So sure. I think I'm out on Josh Allen MVP this year. It's tough. I could be pulled back in, though. I'm not saying it would be back. Uh, we've all had that one ex-girlfriend, so. Yeah, okay. But, all right, let's call it a night. We'll be back next week. I'm not even telling you what division we're doing because we don't know. We're going to decide off the air, and we'll let you know soon. Uh, by all means, hit us in the comments if you have somebody you want us to get to. But this was – I'm glad we did this one this week. It was a ton of fun. I appreciate you guys. Hit the thumbs up. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. That helps us a lot on the YouTube algorithm stuff. Uh, that's the least you can do is thumbs up and subscribe. We appreciate you. Appreciate all the comments and we'll see you next week. I mean, the, you know, the bills is easy. It's obviously angry. Ken, uh, the Oppenheimer on the bills is much tougher. You gotta get, you gotta, you gotta name. Oh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is yeah. not a hammer? No.